After narrowly keeping his job following a controversy a few months ago, another DUI has Bob Huggins out at West Virginia. What it all means for the Mountaineers coming up on today's Locked On College Basketball. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, a five times per week national college hoop show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your co-hosts. I'm Andy Patton. He's Isaac Shade. And today's episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Isaac, it was a weekend full of news stories, but really kind of just one news story on repeat and unfortunately a news story that uh, we kind of feels like we already litigated a few months ago. But right. Bob Huggins is is back in the news, uh, probably for, for one of the last times, at least the last time as the head coach uh, of a college basketball program. He uh, has resigned his position at West Virginia following another DUI. This is the second public DUI that he has gotten in his coaching career, the first one in a long time. But of course, this comes uh, just a few months, not even, barely, just a few weeks, really, uh, after an incident where he said some uh, very obscene things on a radio show in Cincinnati, uh, something that many people thought was going to cost him his job at the time, but he did keep his job at West Virginia, was uh, put on suspension and various other kind of punishments put in place for that. Uh, and then, of course, we get this this story here about this this new DUI case. And nobody's really surprised that another DUI would lead to Bob Huggins getting fired. It's his second one of his career. It comes off the, the course of this other incident here. And so I don't think it's a real shocker to see it. But I think there's probably a lot of people out there who saw that Bob Huggins got another DUI and saw that he lost his job and, and maybe didn't read too much into it. And folks, the story here of this second DUI in particular, it's pretty horrific. Yeah. Uh, and Isaac, I wonder if you, uh, you would mind sharing some of the details that we, we got in some various stories here. I know Sports Illustrated, Pat Forty did some reporting on this yeah. uh, and kind of talked about more of the details that we got from, from this pretty horrific incident that happened uh, over the weekend for Bob Huggins. Yeah, Andy. I mean, here we probably both thought we'd be launching into NBA draft week and and uh, just draft, draft, draft. But we are not. Um, it this news broke on Saturday. I probably for you on the West Coast even before you maybe even got up. Yeah. We were learning the news. Um, but as you, I, I think that's really well said there, Andy. That um, while no DUI is a good thing, right? Like DUIs are bad. Folks, get get a ride yes. or, or just don't drink. But yeah. this is this is a whole different thing for for those who are unaware. The legal intoxication level is 0. 0.08 on a breathalyzer. Mm-hmm. My man blew a 0. 0.210 at 8:30 p.m. He got going yeah. early in the day, um, and and you are considered for, from everything I've looked up and read, quote very impaired, anywhere from 0. 0.08 to 0. 0.4, and he was right mm-hmm. in the middle of that. I mean from all the reports, we're not going to like read or litigate the whole report. You can go find that. And it, it is bad. The man was driving on a like three quarters shredded tire was in the middle of a road blocking traffic at, you know, I mean, 8 30 PM, Andy, this time of the year, it's still bright outside. Yeah. It's not, you know, which whatever. I mean, I think one of the first things we need to say is thank goodness. Nobody was hurt in this, which it very well could have been because he, Coach Huggins didn't know where he was, mm-hmm. didn't know what was going on, didn't like, 
there was something with a Burger King receipt, and he's trying to find it, and it yeah. riffled through like ten receipts before he could find it. Maybe thought he was back in Ohio, like Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. and was back at like near a Taylor Swift concert. And it's just everything you read about the the most dangerous levels of intoxication is everything that Coach Huggins was doing, failing I, every field sobriety test there was. Yeah, I, I sorry to interrupt you, Isaac. I just no, you're I, great. Go ahead. He had mentioned, I, I saw in one of the articles that the amount of times that he attempted to say where he was when asked. And I think he gave something in the ballpark of 10 different answers as to where he was. And he was not correct for a single one of them. Uh, He was in Pittsburgh when this happened. I, yes. And he didn't know. I mean, like there are, there are various degrees of a DUI. I I think that's a very obvious statement, but it is true there. No DUIs are good and nobody has, you know, nobody's been wrongfully pulled over free a DUI where they were, completely safe to drive. If you blow above a 0.08, you should not be driving. I think that's very clear. Uh, but this was really horrific and and heartbreaking in a lot of ways. I mean, to be very clear, Bob Huggins absolutely unequivocally does not deserve to keep his job after this. I, I don't think that that is really debatable at all uh, when you are in a position of authority and you are a position where you are supposed to be uh, a role model and an influence on young people and you are continuing to make like really dangerous mistakes like driving while impaired. You don't deserve to keep your job. But Bob Huggins pretty clearly needs some help here. I mean, he to blow a 0.21 to not know where you are uh, at 8.30 p.m. And, and you can even remove the time. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's a great point. It's a startling part of this fact. And, and like bringing up the fact that it was probably not even dark out is it's jarring. It's a it's a it's a kind of a shocking like headline type part of this story. But it almost I don't want to say it doesn't matter entirely, but it doesn't matter that much. You cannot get behind the wheel of a car when you are that at that level of intoxication, be completely unaware of where you are and be in a spot where you are okay. Something is is very clearly wrong with Bob Huggins uh, from a mental perspective and and taking removing himself from this job is the right decision. Obviously, it needed to happen whether he made that decision or not, but he needs help. And, and I hope that he gets it. I really yes. do. Yes. But this is, I mean, he's a, in a very obvious danger to himself and to the people around him. And until that gets resolved, like he cannot continue to be operating in any kind of a position of authority at anywhere. Yeah. And you would hope that anyone with uh, problems with alcohol, mm-hmm. re- regardless of stature or who they are, sure. is going to get help. And so mm-hmm. you don't want to just overblow this because of who he right. is as a, right. a Hall of Fame, college basketball mm-hmm. coach, all, all of that stuff. But it is more in the limelight because of that. I mean, we can't deny that fact. And so, um, you know, I'm I'm right with you, Andy. It's just it's just unfortunate Mm -hmm. um, that that somebody who, as of Coach Beheim's retirement, Mm -hmm. became Mm -hmm. the winningest, you know, the active winningest basketball coach, uh, which now becomes John Calipari, uh, who might get some wins this year. We'll see. Um, And. (laughs) But I mean, Andy, it's just so this is this man's alma mater. This is where mm-hmm. he grew up. Obviously, he went and spent time at Cincinnati. And you had mentioned other DUI. He had had a DUI while he was the coach at Cincinnati, which mm-hmm. it, it took a little bit longer than this. But I think ultimately led yeah. to to the path of him being out at Cincinnati as well. Um, Andy, something that, that I've wondered a lot about this weekend is. Back when the the incident happened back in early May with with the slurs and the the stuff about Catholics and um, there was speculation then about like did 
one of two things. Either maybe he didn't know he was being recorded or maybe there was some level of inebriation at that point. Yeah. And I didn't really know much what to make of that. But now it's like, I, I mean, I'm, I would not be shocked if in any way <laughs> that was an issue of some level of intoxication as well when that event happened. Right. And to be clear, that doesn't condone the, the, the language. No, no, no. no. I, I am not saying that at all. Just of course fu- uh, fueled by. <laughs> sure. Right. Well, and I think it goes back to, to the point of like, he needs help. And like he, yeah. you know, what, what he said on that radio show was, was hor- horrific and probably deserved to cost him his job. Then West Virginia opted to give so. him a chance, put some, you know, some things into his contract, change his contract very dramatically after that incident. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that alcohol is very clearly playing a dramatic impact on his life, whether it directly impacted him there or not. I don't know. I can't say. Uh, I can't say for sure. But it's I mean, it's two really alarming, frightening things that happened in the, in a matter of months, uh, you know, really hate field language, which is is just startling, especially in this day and age to to think you can get away with that. And then to to have this incident. I mean, it's just it's really he's in a really bad spot and I do hope that he gets some help. But again, uh, the, the very obvious decision was made here uh, and he kind of took the decision out of West Virginia's hands. It sounds like, but there's just no place for him to continue to be in a position of authority with, with these two incidences coming in such close succession. He needs somebody to, to, to help him try to get back on the right track. And then I don't think it ever leads to him getting back in the college ranks, especially not at his age. And I don't think that it should, but I hope that it gets him into a position where he can, uh, not continue to function like this for the rest of his life. Yeah. It, um, it's, it's funny, Andy, almost, I don't know if this is ironic or not at, at, and I know not everyone is a church going person, but this morning at my church, the sermon was about King David and a lot of the issues and mistakes he made in his life. Um, but then how he was a person that repented, made amends for those, and then went on to do some neat things. And it was just funny. Uh, I was processing that in light of coach Huggins and just mm-hmm. along with what you're saying, it's like, I, I hope that five, 10 years down the road from now, coach coach could be someone who has worked through these things mm-hmm. along with those who love him. And maybe he could find a road to being an advocate, you know, of mm-hmm. somebody who's like, hey, listen, here was the road I was on. I have gone down this new path. And now I'm able to help people who were in the position that I was back in the summer of 2023. Right. You know, I mean, I, I think that's what we can hope for. I'm a firm believer that no one is... Um, that, that everyone is redeemable. Like mm-hmm. that's just a personal conviction of mine. I know not everyone shares that, but I would love that to be the story here as I would with anyone. And uh, so we will see with that. Personally, I've only ever been around coach Huggins once. This was at the final four last year, 2022. Uh, he was part of that hall of fame class. And at the final four each year, they hold a press conference kind of introducing all of those people and um, I mean, he really is like physically a larger than life person. Mm-hmm. I, I walked right by him, said, hi, congrats, coach. And he's just a mount. <laughs> it's funny, mountaineers. He is a mountain yeah. of a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, to see him brought down in this way, just just literally a year after being inducted into the Hall of Fame is a, a difficult and sobering pun, completely not intended there, forgive me, thing. <laughs> Um, that we all need to reckon with. And so I I think it's also a moment, Andy, for us to say, um, if you were out there listening to or watching this and and this is a a struggle or issue for you, we would would encourage you to find help um, because at at any moment, 
you could make a bad decision and it could end your life or that of somebody, you know, so um, for, from Andy and I, that's, that's just um, something we want to put out there in the world. Now, Andy, this is not just about this moment. It obviously has ripple effects and ramifications uh, for the world of college basketball, starting there in Morgantown and going out. So the question becomes, who and what is next for West Virginia? And they're going to have to get this thing figured out quick. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, this episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. Don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 right now. FanDuel.com locked on to sign up FanDuel official partner of major league baseball, major league baseball trademarks used with permission. Hey, it is draft week. As we mentioned earlier and locked on's NBA mock draft special is here and bigger than ever. Follow along the entire first round in a six episode ultimate mock draft experience that only locked on can deliver. All episodes are available now on locked on college basketball on our feed on YouTube or on audio, wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, so Andy, we keep rolling in this conversation with coach Bob Huggins, who got a, a DUI over the weekend and has since resigned from West Virginia is in the process of doing so. And so the next couple questions that obviously come up are what happens with the roster and what happens with the head coach. Uh, we actually went back and forth on this folks, but we ultimately decided we wanted to tackle the coaching side of this next before we get to the players. And here's why. Uh, Pat Forty, who writes for Sports Illustrated, put out on Twitter following his article about this some additional info from sources, quote, WVU search will be national and focus on a full-time replacement, not an interim. While there is risk that some new factors or some new transfers in could turn around and leave, keeping the roster intact will not be as important as the right long-term coaching fit. Andy, that is interesting to me. That's not where I would have guessed they would have gone with this thing. I, I would have thought, hey, you've put together a team that is a fringe top 25 team for what a lot of people assumed was going to be Coach Huggins' final season. And so to me, that spells, so let's just quickly get an interim coach in, ride this thing out, try our best to keep everybody intact and do it. And an interesting wrinkle with this that has also occurred to me is – we are, you know, as of today, Monday, June 19th, 11 days away from the end of this fiscal year. So you're talking about budget cycles that start over in a week and a half. Mm -hmm. Like these are all these things that we have to be thinking about. And yes, I am dorky enough to have gone and looked into West Virginia's stuff <laughs> and their budget fiscal year is indeed July 1 to June 30. So they're coming up on the end of that. All of this is a factor. Andy, is this the right decision in your opinion? to go ahead and look for the long-term fit, even if it means sacrificing roster personnel? Or do you think it would have been better to say, we got a really solid team in place here. Let's, let's just get a coach in that we think can keep everyone together and ride with it. Yeah, I don't love trying to find the long-term replacement in a time period where finding, this is not the most appealing time to be looking for a new head coach. It's just not. 
and you look at some of the candidates and we're going to talk about a handful of them, but I mean, you're not going to hire away a power five head coach from another power five program to take over at West Virginia on in late June. It's not, <laughs> I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I think there are potentially some mid-major coaches they could hire because it's such a step up to go from, you know, whatever mid-major their school at to Morgantown to go coach in the big 12 at West Virginia. And I, I think that there's a possibility that they will, they could land themselves a high level coach by doing that. But I don't think that the process is right because I think they should try to find if you want, if you're truly trying to find the best coach for your long-term future at West Virginia, if you want to find somebody who's going to come in, who's going to help sustain that program, be successful long-term, stay competitive in the big 12, you are not doing yourself the best service. If you're looking for that person at a time when most of those coaches already have jobs and they're not going to leave in late June. So to me, I would have rather seen them go with Ron Everhart. Ron Everhart's their longtime assistant. He spent 18 years as a head coach at various programs. He's been a head, he's been a college basketball coach for 35 years. He's been at West Virginia since 2012. Like this is a guy you you put him in, in charge. He's already done it before. He had, I mean, literally, he was a head coach at Duquesne for seven years, head coach at Northeastern for six years, head coach at McNeese State for seven, eight years. Like he has a ton, not high level, not high major, not West Virginia caliber head coach, but he's been there for over a decade. He knows how this team works. He knows the vision, why they brought in Jesse Edwards, why they brought in Kirk Creesa, what they have in mind for those guys. Let him take over. Let him coach the team for a year. And if you want to keep him on, great, just like Texas did with Rodney Terry. If you don't want to keep him on, let him go. Uh, which is a bummer for him. Like that would be, but uh, you know, a new coach who comes in this summer, if they do hire somebody, he's probably not going to keep Ron Everhart on anyway. So I think that that is probably towards the end of his tenure anyway, but give him a chance. And to me, that makes the most sense because then you, you come out of the cycle in March and maybe they don't have a great year or maybe they have a fine year uh, or maybe they have a, a good year and they still want to move on and look for somebody else. But then you're opening yourself up to a much bigger pool of potential candidates. It just strikes me as strange that a program with this pedigree would be willing to make a decision that they're hoping is a long term decision without having as big of a group of candidates to choose from. Yeah, I, I love that you went to the Texas thing, Andy. That's mm-hmm. exactly like that's what I was gonna go to next. Like we folks, Andy and I hadn't talked about that, but mm-hmm. I, I think obviously the timeline is different than everything that happened sure. with Texas last year and moving Rodney Terry in. And that ended up working really well for Texas. But there was like we assumed all along, like this makes sense, keep the man on. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't as clear, it sounds like internally to them as they were searching, but yeah. I think you're right, Andy. Like that's the move to me that makes the most sense right now in late-ish June. Put mm-hmm. Ron Everhart in this position. If if you are not wanting an interim tag, great. Just call him the head coach right out of the gate and give him a shot. Because I think one of the things that you said that's important is if they bring in another head coach from outside that's not in, in internal, mm-hmm. he's going to want to get his assistance in. And then that yeah. means that Bob Huggins has now, because of what he did, mm-hmm. cost all of his assistants their yeah. job, and yeah. they're not going to get one in this cycle, right? Unless right. there's just some other random situation out there. So they're going to be twiddling their thumbs for nine months trying to figure things out until mm-hmm. March, as you were saying. So I, I'm right with you there. I think that makes the most sense to bring mm-hmm. Everhart in, um, help keep these uh, assistants in their jobs, do right mm-hmm. by them, even mm-hmm. when... Coach Huggins hasn't by his sure. actions. And so um, I, I think that is 
the direction to go. Now, that said, let me do say this. While it would be very difficult to get someone right now, because of what happened back in May, in early May with Coach Huggins, I'm sure that West Virginia AD Ren Baker, like you, you all as an AD, you always have a list in your desk of like when Huggins retires, which that's another part of this. Obviously, Coach Huggins, if he didn't retire after this year, it was imminent. Yeah. And then all the more so, there's the urgency because of what happened in early May. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. my list got to be really, really ready. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if through whatever firm they use, they have already reached out and had some of those conversations even before this incident happened. And so the only thing I could see is that maybe they already internally were like, this is who we want. Let's make that person an offer they can't refuse. We know that the coffers are deep from a financial standpoint at West Virginia. And so they could be looking at that. And so I I think that is a world in which it could work for them if they've already had some of those conversations. But Andy, like thinking about this, what, what are some of the names? I know you've done a little bit of looking into this already that might seem to make some sense. Um, I don't, th- I mean, there's, there's random big names out there, like bring John Beeline back or mm-hmm. let's get Chris Mack into this yeah. thing, which would be hilarious given the Cincinnati's everything. But yeah. there's also quite a few mid-major-ish names that would probably make more sense. Would you hit on some of those for us? Yeah, I got a couple names that I'll, that I'll throw your way and they have some connections to Huggins, which I think, uh, and West Virginia, which I think always makes a little bit more sense when you're looking at making a, a hire with a roster built by somebody else. Uh, first name that comes to my mind is Andy Kennedy. Uh, Andy Kennedy, current coach at UAB. He was a long, long time head coach at Mississippi. I think he was there for over a decade. 344 career wins for him. He's been in the NCAA tournament three times. Uh, He was an assistant coach at Cincinnati when Huggins was there. And in fact, he actually replaced him uh, as on an interim basis when Huggins left last time. So could it happen again? where Bob Huggins leaves a job following a DUI and Andy Kennedy takes over. Uh, It's not exactly something you want to see happen twice in your career, Uh, but Andy Kennedy, obviously lots of success at UAB. Very, very good season last year. Has high major experience coaching 10 years in the SEC. It's very easy to see why there is a lot of appeal in potentially bringing him in. Uh, Another one would be Jared Calhoun at Youngstown State. State. Let's try that again. Uh, He was on staff with Bob Huggins for five years at West Virginia. I uh, went 24 and 10 last year at Youngstown State, uh, 96 and 96 in his career. So not a ton of overall success, probably not necessarily wanting a guy who's 500 career at the mid-major level to be your next head coach, but he has some familiarity with Huggins, potentially could implement a similar style, might be able to keep some of those guys around. So a couple guys that make sense. There, there's, there's plenty more guys on this list, I know, but those are two that, that really stood out to me. Uh, one, like on a kind of personal level, one that I had thought about mm-hmm. was Mike Morell, who's the coach at UNC Asheville, just made the NCAA tournament for the first time last season. He's not from the Huggins coaching tree. He uh, coached under Shaka Smart, both um, at, you know, a couple stops at VCU and then mm-hmm. um, at, at Texas. And then I believe was eventually, if I remember correctly, under Brad Brownell at Clemson before ultimately getting a couple opportunities Um, he grew up in Elizabethan, Tennessee, uh, which is like, just like five hours away, five and a half hours away from West Virginia's campus, a kind Mm -hmm. of an up and comer, younger guy in the Mm -hmm. coaching ranks. I believe, let's see, he was two years ahead of me. And so he'd be like 41. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's quick math, Andy. What up? Um, and so, uh, but here's the thing, 
Andy, I think we can probably like put a blanket over this by just saying like basically any of the sexy mid-major names you mm-hmm. think about, whether it's yeah. Pat Kelsey at Charleston or any of these guys we mentioned, mm-hmm. any of those are going to be brought up and you're going to hear them mentioned. Well, Isaac, the last question that we have is really what's going to happen to the players because we know there are some rules that allow some some roster movement to happen after a coaching change. We're going to talk about what those rules are, what it means for West Virginia's returning players, what it means for their incoming transfers, all coming up right after this. Folks, closing out today's show, still talking Bob Huggins and West Virginia following his arrest for a DUI and subsequent decision to leave the head coaching profession and end his career at West Virginia. We talked about some potential replacements they could make since it sounds like they are looking to go the full-time route instead of adding an interim tag to somebody. Uh, But now I kind of want to look at what this means for their roster because they had one of the best incoming transfer classes of anybody in the country. Bar none, the conversation around West Virginia this offseason should be overwhelmingly positive, and one man ruined that. There is no other way to look at it. This team brought in Jesse Edwards from Syracuse, one of the top portal big men available. They brought in Kerr Creesa out of Arizona, a a bit of a polarizing but clearly talented guard coming into the program. Uh, This is a team that that made really big – Raekwon Battle – uh, out of Montana State, guy who started his career at the University of Washington, very, very talented player as well. Like this is a program that made really big strides to improve heading into next season. Now we have to wonder: Are those guys going to stay? Are they going to re-enter the portal? Are the players who are currently on the roster who did not just transfer in? What is the situation that they're going to be into? Because one thing that we know is that the NCAA's new rules allow. Players have all players have been granted a 30 day window to enter the transfer portal from the day that Bob Huggins officially loses his job. I don't know whether that happened over the weekend, whether the actual formal paperwork will be filed on Monday. Regardless, basically a month from now is how long players have. Creesa and Edwards are not bound by that. By my understanding of reading the rules and reading people's tweets, uh, breaking down the rules, uh, I understand it as they can enter the transfer portal at any time. They have the ability to do that because they are not two-time transfers. This was their first time transferring. That's the way that I understand it. Uh, Regardless, it sounds like pretty much every player on this roster does have the ability to potentially leave this program and go somewhere else. And Isaac, that's kind of the big question right now is how many guys who are on West Virginia's roster right now on June 18th as we record this, how many are going to play for him in November? Uh, Andy, and this is part of why well, you don't know the answer to that. No, but <laughs> I think this is part of why we were just saying, like, it makes more sense to just move so mm-hmm. quickly, make a call, yep. um, put Everhart in and mm-hmm. let him go to work trying to maintain the roster. I, yeah. I, it just makes sense. I'm also laughing. I was laughing as you talked about Kirk Krusa, because mm-hmm. I remember we speculated so much like, this Bob Huggins and Kurt Creasa makes right. zero sense. Yeah. And now we'll never find out we'll how never that know. ended up working out. But I mean, yeah, goodness. Like you've got Trey Mitchell coming back, who was a starter last year. You got mm-hmm. Joe Toussaint, who was six man. You know, they're slated to be back. You mix that with these guys coming back. And mm-hmm. I, I, and any speculation I would make right now, this mm-hmm. is going to sound like I'm, I'm hedging around your question, but legitimately, Anything at this point is total speculation. I think it's solely based on who it is they get, how quickly it is they get that person, and their ability to immediately form a culture that says, Mm -hmm. here's here's how I would pitch it. If you've hired me, what I would say 
Mr. Ren Baker, AD, Andy Patton, uh, you're going to be him right now, <laughs> is I would say, all right, Mr. Baker, here's how I'd like to approach this since you've hired me. I want to gather the team immediately, and I want to have a circle the wagons conversation. Mm-hmm. The United States of America college basketball fandom is going to look at us and think that we're going to be miserable and terrible and we can't figure this thing out. Mm-hmm. Let's go out and prove them absolutely wrong. Right. Let's all be all in on this. We know that the Big 12 is going to probably once again be the best college basketball conference in America. Everyone around us is going to be saying, oh, West Virginia, they're going to fall you know, to the mm-hmm. bottom. You know, They'll mm-hmm. be lucky to stay above Central Florida this right. season, and let, let, that's not what's going to happen because we're all, all going to be all in. We're going to work our butts off and make this happen. Now, are they going to make this in – make this higher in time to be able to have that conversations before guys, you know, Mm -hmm. like if, if I'm the rest of the coaching staff, I'm begging players, Hey, please just don't make any decisions until we get somebody. I I think that's the, that's where you got to start right Mm -hmm. now. Right. But are players going to do that? I mean, like the, I, that's they, the question. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and should they, I think is a, is a fair question as well, because if I had 30 days and a clock started ticking immediately and I knew that once those 30 days were up, I was stuck here. And I there's a chance that by then I will not know. Like, I'm not saying I'm going to enter the portal on day one. But if it's day 11, if it's day 18, 23, whatever, and they haven't made, like, I, I, I would not sit there and wait hoping to, like, I just couldn't see myself being in a position where I have the ability to pick who's going to be my coach and who's going to be team my, my team next year. Or if I wait suddenly that is completely taken away from me. And I am stuck at the school not knowing who I'm going to play for. I don't think I would put myself in that position, which is why for West Virginia, you you can tell them, hey, don't leave until we find a coach, but they don't have to listen to you and they may not do that. And and I I just, they they seem to be really prioritizing finding a long-term coach. And they're not going to make their decision of their long-term permanent decade plus head coach, which is what they're hoping, at least, they're not going to make that decision based on what makes Kirk Creesa happy. They're not going to do that. They can't. That cannot be the driving factor. They can't be like, well, we want to hire somebody who's our permanent head coach, but let's make sure they have some connection to Syracuse. So Jesse wants to stick around like that just can't be the way. And I'm not saying it's going to be, but if it's not going to be that, if they're going to make a decision based on what they think is best for this program's long-term future, if you're somebody like Edwards or Creesa or poor, poor, poor Jose oh, Perez who yeah. left Manhattan after averaging 19 per game, transfers to West Virginia, doesn't get a waiver, even though he left for a legitimate reason with his coach getting sacked right before the season started. So now he has to sit out an entire season and is now ready to play. And now his coach loses his job again. I feel for him. I really feel for Jose Perez. But if you're somebody in that position, I just don't think you can wait around and hope that the school is going fi- to is going to hire a coach that you're happy with. I think you have to put your name in the portal and you could always come back. You could always come back. Yep, but if you put your name in the transfer portal right now, like you can bet that Jawan Howard and John Calipari and anybody else who is a high major program that needs some talent, they're going to come calling and they're going to come calling with everything that they have. And if you're West Virginia and they've already basically admitted it, you have to be willing to accept that that might just be something that happens. Oh, you know those, like you just said, those wolves are already mm-hmm. circling, trying right. to make pitches. And they should be. I think what you just said is right. Mm-hmm. Enter the portal, take mm-hmm. some visits, but say to the coaching staff, I'm just doing this so yeah. that I don't get stuck if right. I don't find the right. I like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm out. I just, I just, 
I got to look out for me being mm-hmm. able to play basketball at the high major level next right. year. And so I, that just makes all the sense. Right. And if you enter the portal and they hire Pat Kelsey and you think, Hey, you know what? I kind of like what Pat Kelsey asked it. And Pat, he'd give you a call right away, of course. Oh, and yeah. you talk to him and you'd think, okay, great, great. Then you come back. But, and, and, and I think that's what West Virginia is okay with is they'll say, look, we'll hire a guy, whether it's Kelsey or, or any of the other guys that we mentioned in that conversation and, and they'll do their best to keep guys. And, and they'll, I mean, the, to the I'm hedging my bet just like you did, they'll keep some of the guys and they won't keep some of the guys. That's probably yep. what's going to happen here. Some somebody's going to leave and some guys are going to stay. And and hopefully whoever comes in is just willing to accept that and can start building with what they got. But the, let's just pose this scenario and then we'll get out. Kentucky did not get Oscar Sheebway back. Mm-hmm. They did not win the Hunter Dickinson sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. And oh boy, is Jesse Edwards a really yeah. attractive big man. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna put seven figures out there if they can. I mean, just, legitimately, if they have it, they're gonna put it on Jesse Edwards. Big Blue Nation is coming for you, Jesse mm-hmm. Edwards. You just need to be ready to know what you want to do, mm-hmm. folks. Uh, we didn't get to say it, but a happy belated Father's Day to all of you who are celebrating yesterday. And uh, as we said earlier, please, please, please do not drink and drive. Plan ahead. Call ahead, get an Uber, whatever you need to do. Thankfully, all crises were averted in this mm-hmm. situation. No one was injured. But uh, you just never know. It only takes one bad Mm -hmm. instance. Now, for you everydayers who are with us all the time, as we said, this is NBA Draft Week. So we're going to be diving into all sorts of NBA Draft stuff, obviously from the college point of view, looking at that and having Mm -hmm. some great conversations this week. Can't wait for you to tune back in. If you would, make sure to subscribe to the show, those of you on YouTube. And if you're usually a listener, heck, go give it a subscribe on YouTube as well. Smash the like button. Comment on your thoughts on this whole West Virginia situation. We'd love to know where you're at. What should they do with their coaching search? As always, apologies to the lawyer family. Let's go West Virginia Wildcats. And until tomorrow, peace.